Hello, and welcome to the 90s Nightmares podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. And I am the other one, Booze. Hey, Booze. Um, so what we're doing here is we're rewatching a lot of the old, you know, spooky shows that we grew up on, and you probably did too, if you like shows like Are You Afraid of the Dark, uh, Goosebumps. I see your Goosebumps shirt on, Booze. It looks great yeah, on you, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you. Shows like that. Not only that, but like, you know, a lot of these shows that we grew up watching also had like super scary episodes, even if the show oh, wasn't sure. entirely spooky. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's always a few Halloween themed episodes in those shows. We're going to check those out too. Right on. Yep. Uh, so I think one of the first things that I want to do is catch up real quick. I just want to know how your Thanksgiving was. Right. Oh uh, yeah, it was good. It was uh, nice and chill, relaxed. It's never long enough because I had to go immediately back to work the following day. So I usually spend Thanksgiving thinking about, oh man, this is nice, but I got to go right back into the fray tomorrow. But yeah. overall, no complaints back about to, yourself. Back to real life the very next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, this is a topic of conversation in my house and where I work too. How quickly do your Christmas decorations go up? Oh, ours are already up. Yeah. They were up... Um, Pretty quickly after the Halloween's when how the Halloween decorations went down nice. or Christmas, like it was slowly getting pieced and pulled and I was getting told to go out to the garage and start taking those decorations down and yeah. getting them in the house. And so it's, it's a, uh, it's a pretty quick uh, change around from Halloween to immediately into, I mean, the stores are the same way you walk into yeah. any of your regular stores and they're already before Halloween's even over the Christmas stuff is already out. So yeah, dude, that's how my Lowe's and my home Depot is here. I don't know how it is where, where you yeah, are, but very, very similar like Christmas or Halloween stuff goes up early September and then like, yeah. that's it. They don't restock it. So that's just is what it is. So when all the Halloween mm-hmm. stuff is gone by probably October one, they don't put more Halloween stuff out. It's Christmas stuff. No. So. Yeah. It's, it's immediately, <laughs> which is a bit of a yeah. bummer as much as I love Christmas. Oh, and let me tell you this. I still want to do Halloween first. I'm, I think I'm the same way that you and your family are because on November one, I flipped the switch. Halloween's over. Yeah. It's now Christmas from November one yep. to December 25th. <laughs> Yep, Im- immediately. You're the yeah, same way. Uh, yep, exact same way. Nice, dude. exact same way. Yep, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Um. How was your How was your Thanksgiving though? Good. Oh, we. It was good. It went to my mom's house. Um. There was okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve of us there. So it was a pretty good, pretty good group. A good amount. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Man. Sometimes, like, we'll do Christmas because we got the two, the two, the two young boys. Um, so Christmas is always at our house so that we can just stay there and play with the toys afterwards, yeah. but yeah. Easter, Thanksgiving, the other big ones, everybody else rotates. Okay. Nice. Nice. Brother. Um, season one, episode one of, are you afraid of the dark? Mm-hmm. It's called the tale of the phantom cab. And with your permission, I want to jump right in. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So we open with an introduction to what the Midnight Society is. They're they're not friends outside of the the Midnight Society. They don't go to the same school. Um, They don't have a lot of common interests, but they do have one. And that's just telling scary stories at night in the middle of the woods. Right. It'd be fun to be a part of that, wouldn't it? I think so. I would love to be a part of that. I kind of feel like we are because... 
almost in a virtual sense because you and I, we yeah. also narrate scary <laughs> stories online. Right. But yeah. Uh, yeah, this is like the the closest version of that, that we can, that we can probably get to. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm cool with that. I mean, at least we get it in some way, shape or form. Right. So. Hey, for sure. For sure. All right, brother. Um, so after we meet the Midnight Society, um, there is a blindfolded fellow. His name is Frank Moore. That's the name of his character. He's blindfolded on the way to the ceremonial scary telling site. And this is his opportunity to join the Midnight Society by telling his own scary story. And if they like the story, they vote him in. He's now one of them. One yeah. of them. <laughs> And then super quick yeah. fun fact right away. Now this show is going to be filled with a lot of fun facts. I hope that, you know, anybody who listens to this leaves a little bit smarter or nerdier or mm. dorkier than they left. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's very possible. But uh, this is the only episode, the only instance where the storyteller not only arrives to the site blindfolded because the site is a secret, but he tells the entire story blindfolded as well. What's with the blindfold? This meeting place is secret? Yeah, and you're not in yet. Which is cool, and I think uh, I, the um, for the first time you get introduced to the the official 90s Canadian tuxedo that Frank's wearing as well. Yes, dude. Denim on denim. I, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Very 90s, very Canadian too, which makes very, sense. Very, very much so, yeah. I'm trying to think back. I don't think I, I had to have had a Canadian tuxedo myself oh, I, at some point in time. I know I did too. There's, I guarantee if I go back far enough, there's some school pictures of me that wearing both there's, like the white tee or something be. underneath it. Yeah. It's gotta yeah, be. Absolutely. Now, at the time it wasn't called a Canadian tuxedo and we weren't doing it on purpose or ironically, because no, that was just how our parents dressed us. Exactly. And you're like, Oh yeah, this matches. Here you go, son. It's all the same texture. It's all the same color. Just put yeah, all of yeah, it on. It looks good. This looks good. <laughs> Sweet. Now, after we meet the Midnight Society and Frank begins the story, we jump into the first act and just a quick summary. And also, by the way, I hope you're watching along with us with these so that we can kind of do this in real time. You as the listener. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, episode one, right? So we open on act one. The two brothers, Danny and Buzz, they're lost in the woods. They're lost all day. Eventually, nighttime comes. They meet a mysterious guy who offers to help. You guys look half frozen. Tell you what. You follow me, and I'll lead you to someone who can help you. Now, Guy takes the kids to a cottage that belongs to a doctor. He's very important, and we'll come back to him in a minute. Mm -hmm. Then the helpful guy disappears without a trace, right? And then yep. scary things start to happen. We see bushes start rattling. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Terrifying, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. And, and then you get the, the ghostly noises and voices that accompany those shaking bushes as well, which was... You know, I, I don't remember specifically as a kid, but even listening now, I'm like, well, that's kind of eerie. It, it, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Putting myself in that situation. Yeah. Terrifying. Yeah. But watching it when I'm 30 something, just laughing. Yeah. That doesn't have the same effect. Yeah. <laughs> not, not at all. Not today. So that part of the story, sorry, doesn't hold up in 2022. <clears throat> no, it does not. So that scares them. They start banging on the cottage door to be let in. And that's when we meet Dr. Vink. Now, a couple notes about the first act, right? Denny is the older, tough brother, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And Buzz is the younger one. Very nerdy. He's got his compass. He knows how to read a map. 
He's on it. Yeah. Super Boy Scout, right? Now, in my mind, Absolutely. they stereotypically flip those names because you'd figure Buzz would be like the the jerky older brother, right? Who's always picking on his younger brother. And then you'd think Danny would be like the one who's pushing up his glasses and he's he's like got his backpack yeah. stuffed and ready to go. Did you yeah. did you have that same thought or did you pick up on that when you watched it? Yeah, I picked up that on almost immediately once he called him Buzz. And I'm like, Buzz, that, that, that doesn't fit. And then as soon as I found out Danny and Buzz, I'm like, okay, those are definitely flipped in a way that I would not have expected. Yeah, because Buzz is, Buzz is a cool name. Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. Obviously. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. To infinity and beyond. Now, that didn't really fit the description, but that's just one of the first of many instances where they kind of do this probably on purpose because it happens a lot. Yeah, I think so. Um, double checking the notes. Oh, what was your interpretation or your perception of the relationship between the two brothers? Great lame wad. Now we're lost and we can't read the map. You are such a loser. I'm not a loser. And we're not lost. Uh, it immediately and it felt off to or it felt like to me that it's that stereotypical relationship that you have between a, an older brother and a younger brother where uh, the younger brother's the nerdy one. He's not cool and he picks on him and he's an idiot. And as uh, I have got it written down and everything because I immediately started laughing. Uh, I think that's another theme that I'd like to start and introduce into this podcast is 90s uh, insults. Uh, he called him a cheese ball at one point and a lame wad at another point, too. I'm writing that down right now. 90s insults is a part of the show. Yeah, uh, I was like, oh, cheese ball, lame wad. I haven't heard those ones in a while. <laughs> My brain immediately goes to, you dingus, and I don't know where yeah, that's from, yeah, like, but it's yeah, certainly a 90s thing. Yeah, bringing me back to the playground, for sure. <laughs> you cheese ball. Now we can't even read the map, you lame wad. Heck yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I love that part. Um, yep. For sure. So then, finally, let's go back. We're catching up to act two now. The boys, they meet Dr. Vink. He lets them in. And then this is where we get to learn about his love of um, flora and fauna and uh -huh. riddles. I've dedicated my life to studying flora and fauna. Who? Now, Dr. Vink offers to help the kids get home by using his phone only if they can solve his riddles, which right. red flags immediately. Yeah. Dr. Vink says they messed up the first riddle, which they did, totally biffed it. And then he tells the kids to leave. Oh, wait a second. He tells them two riddles, I think, doesn't he? Yeah. I don't Yeah, I was going to ask you, did you did you get that first riddle? The the one about the woods? It was if you're walking through the woods, yeah. I was like how far like and I I didn't even get that one. Yeah. And I was like once a kid said it, I'm like uh 32-year-old me still didn't even get that one, so. I remember the answer, but I don't remember the riddle. Was it help me out? Was it how far can you get in into the woods before you start leaving the woods? Yeah, I said like I think the answer was halfway. Halfway. Because then you'd be walking out of the woods. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. So that one there I was kind of like, uh yeah, halfway. Yeah. I mean, like that's the logical yeah. answer. But the yeah. second riddle I didn't I had no answer for, dude. Oh yeah. You, Me neither. Will you will you tell everybody what it was? What the riddle was? Uh I I don't remember it verbatim. If you do, go okay. right ahead. I do, I wrote it down. So it's Okay. What is visible to the naked eye? what is weightless. And when you put this in a barrel, it makes the barrel lighter. Yeah. Okay. My first 
thought was it's, it's got to be air. But then I realized yeah. you can't see air with the naked eye and it doesn't really solidly check the other two boxes. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So they mess up that riddle. Dr. Fink says, you done screwed up. Leave my cabin. Um, you're going to see a dirt road. Follow it where a cab's going to pick you up, right? Mm-hmm. Double checking the notes. Wait for the cab that comes by every night. He says the cab comes by every night. And then yep. finally, Dr. Vink scares the kids away by showing them a, a human specimen of a real hand. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I did the, uh, I'm noticing a, a theme as well in this show when scary things happen, especially in this episode where the kids scream and they do that pan where they zoom in like yes. slowly and fast. Yes. Like, <laughs> I thought that was so cool. Something like this. That's yeah. it's called a dolly zoom. I don't know if there's a whole bunch of like video nerds in here, but I am a minor budding video nerd. Uh, and I'm yeah. pretty sure that's called a dolly zoom where it's like you move the camera in, but you're zooming out at the same time. So, yeah, it, so yeah. like the, the, the focus stays the same, but everything around you. Oh, right. That was cool. Yep. <laughs> this show yeah. does a lot of fun video gimmicks like that. It does. It does. Dolly. A lot of stuff that went right over your head as a kid, obviously. So yes, but now us as adults and we have cameras, we kind of know how they work. We can see things from a, from another point of view. So, right. It's going to yep. be super cool to go back and rewatch all of these, not just for the nostalgia, but to see, you know, how they did the music, what kind of video stuff they were doing. Right. Yep. Where did we leave off now? Dr. Uh, Fink, I believe we're, yeah, we're about to leave the cabin and go to the cab. Yes, that's right. Before we do that, let me just, I have to say this. If there was a miniature version of Hagrid, it's Dr. Yeah. Fink in this episode. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> if there's a human sized sure. version of Hagrid, it's, it's him and he does it yeah. good. He does. He does. I was already getting the vibes just off the hut alone. And then as soon as you walk in, I'm like, oh, it's Hagrid. Yes. And what's now, this is where the show, where the episode for me starts to get super dark, right? This is when it stops becoming mm-hmm. cheesy and funny. And like, you actually see the, the, the scope of what's actually happening. Dr. Vink says you failed these riddles just like every other kid, every other night. And he sends them off. So what, uh, let me think here. What happens next? He shows them the human hand. That's my notes. So after act two is over and they start act three, the kids are on the dirt road. They eventually see the cab. They get in and the cab speeds off. Now we get to meet the cab driver who was the helpful guy from earlier. Yep. Good old Flynn. Flynn. Thank you. That was his name. Yep. Yep. And he starts telling the story of how he's been cursed by Vink to, I'm paraphrasing, kill any kids that fail the riddles because Vink has cursed Flynn to die every single night in a car crash the exact same way. Yeah. And when you say that out loud and you pause the show and you're like, wait a second, kids get lost in this cat in this cottage every night. They fail the riddle every night and then they go die. They go get sent to be killed by a ghost, dude. That's what got me. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it got really dark really quickly. I mean, they did, they jumped around and didn't hit those like buzzwords, the like, kind of dark buzzwords, but the premise alone and the story alone, you're just like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Super terrifying. Setting the bar pretty high, pretty high for the first episode. For the pilot, for sure. Yeah. Now, my favorite part about this scene is when Flynn is like giving him, like giving them the lowdown. 
And then he turns around and he says, well, I kind of sort of died <laughs> in the car crash. <laughs> yeah. And that was, yeah. that was funny to me. Still scary, yeah. but I love the way his neck just turned. And You might say, I sort of died. <laughs> Whatever sound effect was used at the same time, super yeah, it effective. Worked. worked. Yeah, very much so. Do you remember what Buzz was doing for like half of this car ride? Um, after he realized the answer to the riddle? Um, what was he doing? Dude, he uh, was outside re- of, he was reciting re- re- it. Yeah, reciting it. Yes. As yes, slow yes. as possible. So yeah. The, yeah. Even, yeah. Oh my God. Brother, that annoyed me so much. I'm like, just say it. The clock just is ticking, it. right? You <laughs> yeah, know, you're about to die in this cab. You see the tree yeah. coming that he runs into every single night. And instead of just saying the answer and saving yourself, He's like, I got the riddle. Denny, I know the answer. And then as slow as possible, recites the entire riddle, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, come on, man. Just, just, it just out, say dude. it. Get it out. Just say it. Now, the whole episode, Denny is threatening to punch Buzz over every single thing. Yep. You, you fell down. You fell into a hole. You got water on the map. You got us lost. He's, he's always this close to punching this kid. Super yeah. unwarranted. But in that moment... If he actually punched his little brother, I would not have blamed him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely. I don't know how he kept it together in those moments because even my friend, my younger brother, my older brother, I'm like, dude, what is the answer? He literally just said, "You got ten seconds, uh-huh. and you're going through this entire riddle again." Like, come on, just say it, just say it. So we finally get to the answer. Buzz shouts out, "It's a hole." The answer's a hole. It's visible to the naked eye. It's weightless, and when you put a hole in a bucket. It makes it lighter because whatever's in the bucket pours out. Right. So at the very last split second, Buzz saves both of them. Right. Yes. We end up cutting past the tree where we do like a a mask cut again. Super new video nerd. But we see the tree <laughs> enter the frame. Right. We see the tree leave the frame, and that leads them to them being on the ground, getting up and going, yes. "Whoa!" Brushing themselves off. That was crazy. Yeah. Um, and then we get to meet the ranger that's there to actually pick them up and take them back home because their parents have been looking for them all day and all night and they're worried sick. One of the things that I want to make into a topic of this podcast, similar to your 90s insults, is how quickly and how effectively do the writers get rid of the parents in the story? I feel like it's almost immediately if they even address it they quickly addressed it in this episode at the beginning one of the first couple lines is man mom and dad are probably out there looking for us right now we got to get home yeah so that i mean that's a it's a very easy way to uh super easy and one line dude that gives the parents something to do while not being part of the story right right yep so i think we should make that a recurring thing in the podcast as well and just like point out how quickly do they get rid of the parents because when you make a show about kids for kids in scary situations, like watching this as 32 year olds, we're like, Oh, where's mom and dad? How come dad didn't just yeah. jump in and yeah, immediately, immediately that comes right. those questions are getting put out there yes. immediately. Yeah. Yes. But the writers do such a good job of quickly explaining it away. So I kind of want to touch on that every chance, every time it pops up. Okay. Yeah. I like that. But I know you have a younger brother, right? I do. Now, was your relationship anything like Buzz and Denny's? 
Our, um, I think our relationship or my relationship with my younger sister was very similar to that, uh, because we're, our, our, uh, ages were a lot closer. Okay. She's only about five years younger than me. So that's oh. like that right prime age. But my, my younger brother is actually, he just turned 17. So that would put him yeah, like 16 years younger than me. Gotcha. Yeah, 15, 15 years. Yeah, 15 years younger. So, so we actually got along really well. That's okay. I love that. Were you and your sister butting heads a whole lot? Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah, throughout an entire so you, childhood. So so this sibling rivalry that Buzz and Denny were having is real, but it's super blown up and very hyperbolic, isn't it? Oh, for sure. Because you're yeah. not walking behind your little sister like this, just ready to molly whopper, <laughs> no. are you? No, no, no not at all. Not no. at all. But Denny was. I have a younger yeah, brother. He He's six years younger than me. So we kind of, we were just far enough to where, you know, we didn't go to the same schools ever. We weren't really into yeah. the same things ever. So we never got on each other's way. Um, but the cool part was once we got older and we, I kind of moved out and he moved out. And now that we're adults, we're a lot closer now than we ever were. Yeah. Well, yeah, um, yeah that's, that's exactly, exactly the same thing for me. So. Yep. I think it's just one of those things. Uh, it is kind of tropey, but at the same time, it's very real because it, it's it's in damn near every household out there, I feel like, is that dynamic between siblings. We were talking about Christmas earlier. And I got a funny story. I bought a PS5. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, <clears throat> my wife tells me she's, I'm at work and she texts me a photo of a Super Mario, you know, like the power up star. Mm-hmm. There's a tree topper of that and, it, and it's at GameStop. So she, uh, she texts me a photo of the Super Mario star and she says, Hey, on your way home from work, can you stop at this GameStop and pick up this $20 tree topper? It's already paid for. I say, yeah, sure. So I leave work <clears throat> and I go to the GameStop and I pick up the tree topper. And then like, I've, I've wanted a PS5 for the last few weeks. I was kind of waiting for Black Friday and was kind of yeah. on the fence. You know, I don't want to, I don't really need one, whatever. Right. Nobody really ever, ever needs a gaming console, but I mean, it's nice, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, I pick up the uh, the Super Mario Tree Topper Star and I ask the the lady behind the register, I'm like, hey, I know this is probably a dumb question, but do you guys have any PS5s? And she goes, yeah, we do. We do. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what? is it a secret? Uh, it's <laughs> black market stuff. Okay. <laughs> I was like, is it yours? Are you going to sell me your PlayStation 5? Is that what this is? <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not asking any questions. I'm like, cool. Put one in a bag. I'll take the warranty. I got to get a game for my boy as well. And a controller for my wife. Cause it only comes with one controller and it's gotta be pink. And so anyways, that's, that's the story of how I bought a PS five as well. Um, oh, nice, nice. Those are, uh, I mean, those are still a pretty hot commodity, so yeah. it's, it's it's tough to find one. And she told me that like waiting till Black Friday was not going to be a smart move because they're probably not going to go on sale and everybody else is going to want them too at the same time. Exactly. So me getting it a, a week or two early, you know, probably yeah. the best move I could make. Speaking, yeah. you know, staying in the scary realm, you Silent Hill fan? Oh, for sure. For sure. This is not a video game podcast, but I do want to... <laughs> touch on this real quick okay um they're remaking silent hill 2 for the playstation 5 oh okay Which well in, that might alone might have convinced me to finally pull the trigger and buy one pretty much pretty much it's going to be out sometime in 2023 not announced at the time of recording this but um about a year ago they announced a wolverine game which i'm a huge wolverine fan for playstation only and i thought well i don't want to buy a whole ass console for a video game 
Yeah. And then when I found out they were doing Silent Hill 2 for PlayStation 5, at least at first, they're going to do it on PCs about a year later or whatever. And I was like, shoot, man, I'll buy a, I'll buy a PlayStation for two games. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. There's, there's titles out there that I'm very similar with. So I get it. All right. <clears throat> you want to wrap? Yeah, let's do it. We, this is episode one. I want to thank you, especially you for listening, for watching. If you, oh, this reminds me your favorite line. We'll, we'll end the show oh, after this yeah. part. Your favorite line okay. of this, of the episode. What was it? Uh, when he called him a nutbag. This guy's a nutbag. Yes, dude. Yes. <laughs> and when he did it, he didn't even whisper. Denny is such a freaking jerk, dude. He's like, this guy's a nutbag. And Dr. Yeah, Vic is bold. 20 inches he's very away. bold. Yeah. And he's like, you're looking around at all this stuff in this dude's house. You don't know him. He's a complete stranger. And yes. you just bold enough to call him a nutbag. Like, all right, good for you, Danny. You're uh, you're a lot bolder than I would have been at that age. Part two of my favorite line is when Dr. Vink turns around and says, and I am not a nutbag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Which we yeah, didn't know it at the time, there. but that's going to be a recurring thing. So every time that comes up, I, I'm going to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, you have to. You have to. Let's rate the episode. Um, I'll let you go first, please. Uh, what's the scale we're using? Are we out, out of 10, five stars? What do you think? Oh, let's do five. Okay, five. Yeah. I think I'm going to give it a four. I think I'm, I'm going to give it a four. I'm there. Terrifying. Watching it. Yes. As a kid, watching it when it was rerunning in the late 90s as yes. a kid. Yes. That's scary. But dude, now that yeah. I understand what was happening and what Dr. Vink was doing every single night. Oh, yeah. I almost want to give it a five, but the music <laughs> right. was not scary. The music in this episode was, in my opinion, super weak. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't too big into it myself either. It was not scary whatsoever. Mm. It's like synth wavy type of things at times. I'm like, oh, this isn't. Which makes sense for the time and nothing against yeah. the musical composer, Jeff Fisher, nothing against him, but this episode just no. was not a strong musical episode. So for that, no. for me, four to five, I think I'm right there with you. Yep. Yeah. I think that's a solid, solid forward premise alone. Uh, you know, obviously in the delivery and a few parts as well. Yeah. Um, getting back to you, the listener, if you're watching this as we're launching, which is on December 7, 2022, thank you for being here. You've got three episodes to cruise through if you want to catch up to where we are. So this is episode one. We're going to do two more right after this. Um, and then we're thinking about a every two weeks upload. So we're going to give yep. you two weeks to watch the latest episode and we'll get together in a couple of Wednesdays and talk about it then. Did I say that clearly enough? I think so. Right. I think so. They'll get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, booze. Thank you for your time, sir. Yeah, for sure, man. It's been a pleasure. Likewise. Audience. We'll see you in the next one. See you then. <laughs>